What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. Coming to you straight after a Penn State victory 2012 in the shoe last Saturday. And man, dude, there, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to this game. But first of all, how you doing, Mr. Davis? Doing well, man. Um, if you caught our last episode, obviously, uh, I know you had to miss. Um, I know we were expecting well, I a baby. Say I missed it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I, whenever I can put an office space quote in, I'm going to. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's it, yeah, that, it's golden. So uh, Eric from the OHL podcast filled in and we appreciate him helping us out. Um, and, you know, we I had mentioned you were expecting a baby any minute and that kind of was the vibe. But I guess, you know, plans have changed. I think, you know, they've kind of slowed it down since it was going to be premature. So not to give too many details away, but you're still kind of on a holding pattern. So. Yeah, could we don't be really know. What, now. Yeah, we don't know what the future's gonna hold, but hopefully, just not on a game day Saturday. Um, well, it here's the thing, dude. If a baby's coming into this world, um, you know, it's it'll be here three and a half hours afterwards, also. So we should be good. She'll be all right. Well, I'll be there yeah. when I get there. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I have horror stories. the The day Hendrick was born was the only was the day that, of our only loss in 2015, and we still haven't forgiven him. No. But we're getting past it. We're getting past it. My know? daughter still hasn't seen an, an Ohio State win over Michigan yet either. So know, that's another that's, problem. Yeah, that I will maybe, not get over. Maybe we need to stop <laughs> having kids. <laughs> we're too old for this. I said that already, but here I am. You know. So, anyways, um, this game, man, I, I I felt a certain way about it, and now that you know, my immediate feelings were. Obviously, extremely happy, uh, very proud of the way we played the game. But now that I've kind of let it settle, I got a little bit of a different vibe that I feel about it. Uh, it's still mostly positive, but I think I am not as oblivious to some glaring issues that I think are still there. But I don't want to take anything initially away from this. This was a huge win. And arguably, I think we have one of the best resumes in the country at this point. So uh, on that end, I'm very excited about the outcome. Yeah, so I was actually talking about this today at work. And if you follow the CFP or if you've ever, you know, listened to us talk about the CFP, uh, we all know that, you know, my number one thing is resume. And when you look at the top four or five teams in the country, because you've still got a potential for quite a bit of, uh, you know, unbeaten teams to actually stay undefeated. Uh, which is a, a cool thing right now because I'd love to see them backed against the wall where, you know, more than four uh, teams from a power conference, you know, can get into a playoff. I would love to see them have to make a call on that. But if you look at Georgia's resume, they have Kentucky that they beat at home. Um, and if you look at Michigan, they beat absolutely no one. And actually, when the first CFP comes out, they will have played no one. They'll play Penn, Penn State actually the week after that or the week of that. Uh, but they have nobody beat. So. I truly believe that if like the BCS was to come out today, I think we would be ahead of both of those teams. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what a BCS looks like. Usually you can find someone that still runs the numbers that uses the same formula the BCS used to use. And you can actually kind of see. Um, I'm not sure where we would sit in that, but I would imagine one of the top two. Um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing, man, um, with the CFP coming up in a handful of weeks to kind of really see where the CFP is thinking. Um, I, I know Michigan hasn't played anybody, but like anybody, but and and I'm not trying to give them any clout, but they have also done exactly what you should be doing against these teams. They're blowing everybody out. 
Sure, they had a couple games where it wasn't as clean as you would like to see a top team beating a lesser opponent, but they're blowing everybody out. So, you know, they you can only play who's on the schedule. And, you know, if you're just looking straight eye test, I can understand how people would take that more of an eye test over Ohio State. Now, again, you have to take that with a grain of salt because when you're playing every single team is, you know, ranked 100th or worst in offensive production, you sure you're going to have great numbers and you're going to be blowing these teams out. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see in the, in the next couple of weeks when Michigan finally has to go on the road to Happy Valley, you know, what they really look like against, you know, a formidable opponent. I got to be honest, dude. I think I think Ohio State, I think Washington and um, I think Oklahoma all have an argument to be in the top four and some of them above Georgia and Michigan. I really do. Definitely above Georgia. You know, Georgia is continuing to get their praise and all these number one votes that I see in the AP, like the vast majority of them, just because of what they've done the last two years. And that, again, we say it to, you know, to nauseam that that is not the intent of the way it's supposed to be. Each year is supposed to be independent of the other. I understand you have to start them out without seeing a game, but we have over half a season of sample size now. How can you realistically put Georgia at number one still? Now, it doesn't matter at the end of the day because the AP polls are relevant for the most part. Uh, It might have some influence in some early CFP rankings, but, you know, that's not the rankings that matter. So, you know, I'm going to hold reservation until they finally come out with the CFP. But, you know, that's just one thing that I guess, you know, bothers me a little bit because Ohio State could have taken on Georgia's schedule and looked just as good even though we don't have an offense that has been that great this year. So it know. just bothers me because I think if they were to put, take the team names out and just put the resumes out there and you had to rank the resume and you didn't know what team it was, I don't think it would be the way it is now. No, I agree. And I mean, it's a popularity contest with the AP because you have, you know, I don't even know how many votes they give out there. Is it like 60 some different people? And they're all asked to rank, you know, their top 25. And some of them are, you know, newspaper writers. Some of them are beat writers. Uh, some might be old coaches. I mean, you know, it's just such a vast majority of different people. And then when you're talking CFP, what is it, 13 people in a room? So, yeah. you know, and they're going off a lot more strict criteria. And they're ultimately the ones that are going to decide the playoff team. So the AP poll at the end of the day really doesn't matter. So, you know, to be perfectly honest, I am kind of glad Ohio State continues to stay where they're at. Because I don't think I would like to see us go up to number one. One, because do I really honestly feel like we're the best team in the country right now? No. Uh, Do I think we look like the best team in the country? No. But do I think we've earned a spot based upon how we've played and who we've had to play? Probably. So I'd rather be ranked a little bit lower now to continue to give this team drive and the fight to try to improve on on a daily or on a weekly basis. I get what you're saying, but I'm tired of scavenging. I'm tired of having the hardest road. I want the easiest road. I want to be number one for once. I want to come into the CFP number one and have the easiest road. I just I want it for once. We've tried the other road. We've done the other road over and over again. So I will. Well, the if other there's road. one thing I could probably guarantee with you, judging by who we've already played and who we will have to play again, I don't foresee if we go unbeaten how we're not number one. I mean, maybe you might make an argument for a Pac-12 team, but I'm not seeing in the SEC this year how that could be a number one team. But you know how it is. Uh, SEC has been a heavy, you know, heavily biased conference for the better part of, you know, two decades. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how things come out, but let's get into the details of this game. 
Uh, the obviously the uh, the final score was twenty to twelve Ohio State, and the final score really didn't you know show. I guess how this game really felt. I mean that that's probably more accurate what the first half felt like, but Ohio State basically owned the second half. I mean if you you want to scrap in that garbage time time or uh, touchdown at the end there, and that was predominantly you know their entire offense was on that final drive, and at that point we we're playing prevent. Because at that point, I mean, we had given up like 12, 15, 18, 20 maybe max yards in the second half going into that final drive. Like talk about a, an absolute do- dominant performance on the defensive side of the ball. So um, where do you want to start with this? Do you want to start on the offensive side or the defensive side? Uh, we'll start on the defense. Uh, you know, I like you said, they're, they're lights out. I think what Jim Knowles is doing this year. And what he's done, I mean, I can't remember how many recruits they said were at this game, but it was a lot. And uh, he did himself a real favor uh, putting together this gym because he did, dude. He, he called a gym. But, you know, as much credit as I want to give, especially to JTT, um, and most of our defensive backs actually had a good game, man. Um, Hancock stepped up, um, you know, because of injury and filled a bigger role, and he did great. I mean, everybody kind of did what they were going to do. I really don't have any complaints about the defense at all. Everybody played lights out. Um, But I will say this, dude, I just don't know how long we can live asking the defense to stand on their head for four quarters. I just don't know how long we can live like that, dude. And, you know, it's it's really weighing on my mind. I know. And try not to let the offensive mindset bleed into the defense. It does. I I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But, you know. Let's just strictly keep it defensive right now. And we kept Penn State to 240 total yards of offense. I mean, they only had 49 yards of rushing uh, against 191 yards of passing, and that's off 18 of 42 attempts. That's yeah, less than 50 percent. Trash. Let's be honest here. Well, he and I remember when I was watching the game, I could tell easily in the second half, Drew Aller looked rattled. He looked like the moment was way too big for him. He could not handle it, and you know, he the, did, but we, you know something? He couldn't complete passes that were wide open. And I'm being dead serious. He was awful. Yeah, he, awful. he did not he did not have a good game. And uh, you know, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that we got a ton of pressures. And we did get home four four or five times in this game for yeah, some four sacks. sacks. Yeah. So, you know, I the, but there was a ton of pressures as well. I mean, he he probably did not feel comfortable the entire game. And the fact that, you know, besides a couple runs here and there, we pretty much shut down their rushing offense as well. And we we forced Drew Aller to try to beat us through the air. And to be perfectly honest, I feel like, you know, our passing defense is better than our rushing defense. So if we shut that part of the game down, then they had no chance. Well, I mean, they only converted one out of 16 third downs. I mean, that's huge. That is huge. And that wasn't until the last drive. They were 0 for 15 up to that point. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's 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 unheard of. So A-plus effort, in my opinion, by this defense. Uh, the only thing that could have made it better is we could have gotten some turnovers, maybe scored on the defensive side of the ball. But other than that, I, I don't know how much better they could have played, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I agree, man. Um, You know, like I said, it's just a tribute to Jim Knowles. Like, and, and honestly, I'm taking it as a lesson myself because sometimes I get too much ahead of myself, you know, when I'm talking about stuff. Jim Knowles needed time. I really think this is this is Jim Knowles defense. This is what he's implemented. This is what he wants to run. And, I, you know, I think it works, dude. And there's a reason he got hired. There's a reason he got the uh, the call from Ryan Day. 
And Buckeye Nation just needed to relax and let him do his thing, man. Yeah, I'm going to partially disagree with you, just in the fact that I'm not completely convinced this is what he wants to run, but I think he understands what team we have, and he has adapted to this style of defense that is working. Because I think Jim Knowles wants the sack numbers. You know, he says nowadays he doesn't, but I think, you know, uh, his history as being a defensive coordinator, you know, he likes dialing up the exotic pressures. I just I'm not I'm not going to be sitting here and calling our defense a bend but don't break defense because that makes it feel like we are just dropping everyone completely in coverage and who cares if they dink and dunk us all the way down the field but we don't give up any big plays that's part of it but we're also not letting them completely dink and dunk us the whole time we are getting we're starting to get some pressure uh, we're getting them off schedule and we're in the top ten in the country in points per game or I'm sorry in yards per game hell we might be top five now. So, well, yeah, but you got to remember, all of your sacks accumulated into like two games this year. So it's I'm not, not even like, talking about sacks. I'm talking about just overall. Well, you said we're starting to get some pressure, which I mean, we we're are. starting to get some pressure in two games. Well, isn't that you have to do, start somewhere? We've had, I mean, as, much, the last we've two had games. as much sacks in two games than we've had the entire previous season. Thank before. you. You proved my point. So we're starting to get some pressure. I mean, that's I, the I, point. I, it's the start. It's the if beginning you of take it. There, sure. That is not well, what this defense is. Guess what? If it happens well. again, it's called a winning streak. It has happened before. I guess so. I don't know. I think <laughs> it's just it's been like uh finally our defensive line just overpowered an offensive line. That's, and that's really surprising that. too, because uh I wouldn't give Penn State's guards that much credit on the inside. Uh, I know that they that's the weaker part of the offensive line, but their tackles are good. And we were able to you know, get into the backfield very regularly in this game. So I think, yes, the defensive line is starting to get more aggressive. Um, I think because of the trust of the linebacking play and um, the scheme, I think maybe we're starting to be a little more aggressive just because we've still proven that we can keep everything in front of us. Now, are we going to go all out like we did last year? No, I don't think that's ever going to be in the game plan. However, I do feel like they're starting to let the leash go a little bit on uh, the aggressive play calls that Jim Knowles is going to start dialing up. He did. He brung the house on, uh, what was that, the fourth down right there on their half of the field on the 46? Yeah. We had like house, four man. people hit them all at once. And if, and if that's a pass play, we are completely screwed there. That's a roll of the dice. But, you, you know, know I th- but I think he, they're being smart about it this year. I think last year was a, re- a little reckless. And obviously it burned us, especially in the Michigan game. Uh, But I think he's being a lot smarter about it this year. And you still have to bring some pressure sometimes. You can't just be playing base defense the entire game. He Um, does. I mean, he doesn't do it nearly as much as, like, my personal preference would be. But I think he does it uh, enough. You know what I mean? I think he does it enough to cause some pressure, you know what I mean, to rattle them. But, I, I, you know, there's times when I think we should bring the house and we don't. Yeah, or we only rush we're rushed three or four. You know what I mean? Like we don't bring everybody, you know, like I wish we would. But, you know, dude, I, I really can't complain. And like I really think that right now. The most important thing to me is I feel like everyone is where they should be on defense, which is something we haven't said in the last couple of years. We've been yeah. like, I think this guy might be better here or better there. I think everyone's where they need to be and they're comfortable. And I think, dude, that just makes the world a difference, man. Yeah, you have you. I, I think we have a lot because we don't have a tremendously, you know, new looking defense from last year. I mean, the addition of Igbenosin has been important. 
um, getting rid of Cam Brown. Um, also, just you know, Denzel Burke playing better, which, to be perfectly honest, I don't even feel like we missed him this game because Jermaine Matthews Jr. is going to be a hell of a cornerback if he, he finally gets his turn. Um, like you mentioned, Jordan Hancock is coming into his own. Um, Sonny Styles, the you know him finally getting all this big starting role, and Josh Proctor finally playing like the player that we thought he possibly could be. I mean, it's just Lathan Ransom's doing his thing. Like we just we have everything in sync finally, and the linebackers are you know starting to improve a little bit more as well. Uh, I saw Cody Simon make a handful of plays. Um, as long as we can stay healthy, and I know we even have some depth here, like this defense, I'm not expecting any sort of drop-off at any point this year. Have you heard anything on Burke? Uh, honestly, no, and that's to be expected because Ryan Day doesn't tell anyone anything. Um, I know. I just have to go to Twitter and just hope to God that what I hear it might be. The, the vibe I'm getting <laughs> is this, is that so we got some news on Devin Brown, um, ankle injury, uh, x-rays negative couple weeks potentially more um but he is hoping to have everyone else back um so denzel burke i'm not sure i don't feel like it's going to be as critical over the next three games but i think he's going to be smart with some of these injuries now that we've hurt you know gotten over this big hurdle um, I know we're going to be talking about the Wisconsin game on the road at night uh, during our next episode, but really, that's kind of your only test, you know, up until the Team Up North game, because then we have Rutgers at home. Um, it, that one's at home, I think. And then we have Michigan State at home and then maybe on the road at Minnesota. I can't remember. I always get those mixed up. But basically, we have Rutgers, Michigan, Minnesota. I believe Minnesota's at home, but I'm... So Don't maybe, but, that, maybe, but I thought so. Maybe the Rutgers ones on the road. But the point I'm saying is that, you know, and we'll get into the Wisconsin game next episode, but as long as we can come out of this, that game unscathed, you know, we can really rest some people up and get them ready for that big game, you know, down the stretch. So I think we're in good position. I'm not as worried about getting some, I'm, I'm not hearing anything major. So if they're not completely ready, put, you know, Keep Denzel Burke out for an extra week. I'm cool with that. You know, if we don't need Trey for another week, keep him out for another week. Um, I think we have enough pieces uh, that we can still manage to get through the next three, four games as long as our defense can continue to play to the level they are. And, you know, once we start talking about the offensive side of the ball here, um, Kyle McCord can at least not lose us a game. Let's go ahead and head there, man, because I think we've said all that can be said really about the defensive side of the ball. And so I guess let's talk about the elephant in the room, dude, <laughs> the offense. <laughs> now, before we get into the details, uh, just as an over overview, or I guess you're over, you know, what, what's your main feeling here? Was this more of Ohio State continuing to struggle on offense because of our own issues? Or is this also have something to do with Penn State's number one yards per game defense? Or is it a combination of those? Because one might look at this and say, uh, you know, Ohio State's offense did not look good. Kyle McCord continued to be inaccurate. Uh, the running game struggled. It looked better than it has been, but it still struggled. We're seeing some more drops. Uh, but on the other end, 
someone might say, hey, you know, even with our struggles against this top defense, we still were able to move the ball pretty regularly in this game. So what's your what's your take on that? Um, I'll put it like this. I think it's both. Uh, I think you'd be, you know, I, I don't know how truthful you could be being with yourself by not saying it was both. Um, I feel like Penn State is a great defense, dude, and it was a tough game. It was tough sledding all day long. We knew it would be. We knew this would be a defensive battle. I think everyone in the nation knew it would be. So, like, the score uh, being what it was, um, you know, it didn't really shock me. I was hoping for more. I thought, you know, I keep telling myself every week, Common Core is going to bust the lid off the jar, and this is going to be the week. Um, but it just hasn't happened. Um, so I think it, it really does come to both of those points. But I will say this. I think that the score being 2012 was attributed to – to Penn State's good defense, okay? I still think, though, that we left a lot on the field. I think that Kyle McCord, I got to be honest, dude, is probably the most inaccurate passer that I can remember um, in quite some time. Every ball that he throws, most of them, I would say probably, you know, he started off five for five, and then after that went like one for seven. And, dude, it was just all downhill after that. Now, he finds a guy every now and again, and he makes a good pass every now and again. But 90% of them, dude, if you look back at the game, even when they're caught, are in bad spots. They are, and they continue to be that way. And I'm just starting to think, you know, at first I was like, give them time. It's only game three. Give them time. It's only game four. But, dude, here we are, man. I mean, God, the season's almost halfway over. Like, I, I really do believe this is just who he is. This is what we're going to get. And this is what Ryan Day was talking about in camp when he talked about the inconsistencies. Dude, I see it. I see it clear as day. No pun intended. I do. It's there, man. And I just got to be honest, dude, I just don't think Kyle McCord's a very good passer. I'm I'm going to be honest. Yeah, so I'm going to agree that I think that for the most part, this is Kyle McCord. Do I think he can continue to improve and get better? I do. I Do I think he can clean up some things? Yes. But he's clearly not going to be C.J. Stroud. And we understood that because he may not C- be Steve Belisari. Eh, I don't know. That's pretty – that's low bar. You're setting a low bar. Well, I'm just saying I want to make sure I give him one he can beat. Fair. Okay, fair. <laughs> but, so, I mean, one can look at his stat line and see 22 for 35 for 286 and a touchdown against, uh, you know, top-ranked def- uh, defense. And those are not bad statistical numbers. But Now, hold on. Before it, you inter- – hold on. I'm no, sorry but, to interrupt you. Hold on. Just give me this one, and I'll let you go for as long as you want to go. That's why I feel like some people don't watch the game because I saw people and analysts all over ESPN and all of these things say, well, Kyle McCord put up a heck of a stat line and they throw it out. Then you didn't watch the game. You didn't watch the game. I'm sorry. Go on. Right. Well, that's the point I was going to make, essentially, is that, you know, you can look at the stat line and that's a decent stat, uh, stat line, especially against a defense like that. But. If he didn't have the receivers that he has in this room, especially Marvin Harrison Jr., that can make up for these inaccurate passes and still catch them, um, you know, then it would be a completely different story. Not to mention, you know, I, I really feel like Marvin, especially the last few weeks, has improved his game to where he's getting a lot more wide open than we remember from last year. Because if you recall, a lot last year he was constantly covered, but he, you know, make incredible catches this year he's making catches in space the problem is if you can't hit him in stride 
then the defense can obviously catch up, and that's why he's getting tackled and not breaking a bunch of these. I mean, I could probably name at least four or five passes to Marv this year that should have been touchdowns that weren't, or not just Marv, but someone else on the team. That end up being a completion, it's still, you know, a completion of a first down or a big play, but should have been a touchdown. So that's the problem. And even though it worked against Penn State because our defense was good, and I think Penn State's offense also is not as good as what we thought it was, but when we finally have to play Michigan or a CFP team, 20 points isn't going to cut it. I don't care how good our defense plays. It's going to be a lot, like you mentioned, to ask to hang our hat on the defense saving us all the time. Now, I do recall I said that, you know, I believe with our defense this year, we can be in every single game. But I can tell you right now, we're going to have to be scoring a lot more than 20. We need to be at least in the 30s to have any chance against Michigan or a CFP uh, CFP matchup. Well, that dude, and you know, the top teams in the country, a ball short or a ball that you have to come back to might be a pick. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to always be Marvin Harrison winning every single hand fight. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like that. It's not going to be Kate Stover being able to get up above a guy and pull it down. I mean, we're going to play better defense with better athletes at some point. You're going to play the best, dude. And you may not always win those battles. That's what I'm saying. Like a split second or, you know, being behind or being long or being short. That's a pick in a lot of games. Yeah. And that's that's an interesting point, too, is that, you know, these 50-50 balls that uh, we're still coming away with now due to inaccurate passes – could not only not, you know, be, you know, completed catches, they could actually be turnovers. And you know as well as I do, and we've watched, you know, every single game with the fine-tooth comb, Kyle McCord could easily have four or five picks already at this point. He's only got the one, um, but there's several others that, you know, could have potentially been there. Well, he should have a strip sack touchdown. Well, and yeah, and talk about getting saved by a flag. My goodness. And I'll tell you what, that might have been the key of the game, because if Marv didn't get held on that play, which is the sole reason why Kyle had to double clutch that one. So that's part of the reason. But just say there was no flag on the play. You're you're looking at being trailing 10 to 7 or I'm sorry, 10 to 3 at that point. And things are, you know, all of a sudden that's going to feel like a completely different game. So. You know, that that was a key part to the game. But something else I want to bring up that's not necessarily, you know, in regards to how we played on the field, but play calling again. I continue to have issues with some of this play calling. And the one that I think bothered me the most, and I, I do like the aggressive nature Ryan Day has at times, but I also think, you know, you have to read the room. And in this game, this felt like points were going to be a premium. The way our defense was playing, it was going to be important. We're down at the two-yard line, fourth down. You got to take the three there in the second half to go up by seven, go by a touchdown, so that way you're giving yourself a buffer because if you don't get it like we didn't and the other team ends up scoring, we could be trailing. So that was an important part of the game that I thought we should have went for three and didn't. And his play call on fourth and two was awful. Throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage and hoping to God that we can get a block, which is one of our worst things our offense does, is perimeter blocking. Well, let's talk about this, too. It was terrible. I can't understand this. Once again, we're still not where we need to be on third down efficiency. Um, We're not at 50%, um, which he says he wants to be above 50%. We're still not at 50%. And, dude, part of that is due to the play calling on third down. I can't understand this for the life of me. Why on third down? Okay, if it's third and four, third and five, 
why are we throwing the ball two yards and hoping that we can find a way to wrestle for the other three or four? I don't understand that. Throw the ball six yards and get the freaking first down. Don't leave it up to chance. That's what I'm saying. Don't you got you got Marv, man. Like toss it up to Marv and let him make a play on the ball. I'm saying six yards. Something. Just something. Other than what he's doing. Between two and six. You know what I mean? On a football field. Twelve foot. It's not that much. Let's let's make third downs. And I dude, I think that's why he's unsuccessful, because he's depending a lot or he's doing up things that, you know, are in the backfield or a screen or something like that. My point is, dude, it's all stuff that is not you need to throw the ball for the amount of the third down, in my well, opinion. And how much of that is Ryan Day's lack of confidence in Kyle McCord? I mean, it has to be a lot, but I've still wanna, I still want I still want to wring his neck on that fourth down because how in the world, dude, how did you not learn a lesson from Notre Dame? Yeah. How did you not learn a lesson from that? I don't or understand how did you, that. Yeah, I mean, look what happened to Oregon against Washington last weekend. Yeah. You know, yeah, the okay. whole reason Oregon lost that game is because they pissed away time and time and time again of chance to get points and went for it on fourth down and got nothing and ended up losing by three. And if you're in a shootout, okay, if it's 42-38, I get going for that. When we're playing Big Ten football, dude, and you don't even think the total score, you don't even think one of the teams is going to score 20 points, you have to take three. Absolutely. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. I can't agree more, man. I mean, that that was my thinking completely. I remember cussing at the TV. I was like, Day, do not go for this. And then sure enough, calls timeout. I'm like, all right, good. He's going to come to his senses, kick field goal. Nope. Trots the offense right back out in the field. I said, oh, dear God. Yeah. And then sure enough, I mean, just – it's frustrating. Um, I'm not sure. Again, uh, we don't pretend to be smarter than Ryan Day. I guarantee you that we aren't. But it does make you question what is the mindset of why he is making that decision in that moment. And some of the you know play calls that he's made is because, in my opinion, it is lack of confidence. Lack of confidence, ultimately. Well, because, he said in the press conference that he felt like he had to punch it in. And he felt like if we didn't get it. Uh, the way our defense is playing, they got 98 yards to go. I'm not even I'm not even saying about that. Now it's more about the play call. It's like the the style of play call on that, you know. And if you recall, I mean, it's second and one at the one yard line, and we put you know we put uh, Caden Curry in there as a fullback to try to lead the way for Mayan Smith, and we get nothing. Why can't we just go ahead and if it's second and one, second and one to the goal? You got two back-to-back quarterback sneaks you could run that I can guarantee you get a yard out of. Like, we showed that we had the ability to do that against Purdue, and we didn't do it in this game. And that would have been a perfect opportunity for us to try that. You get two cracks at that, and then still have the opportunity to kick a field goal if you wanted to. So I don't know, man. I just I have a hard time with with, with some of Ryan Day's decision-making, but I really don't want to second-guess him because I know he knows a hell of a lot more than we do. But – it's just hard, you know, sitting in the chair watching that, knowing what the right play should have been. And, uh, you know, I, we could have been singing a different tune had he scored. Because, really, if you look at the way this game actually panned out, if we would have taken advantage of the opportunities we had, you know, if that one punt didn't hit. Uh, it wasn't uh, Julian Fleming. It was, no, uh, even no. Let's talk was, about the announcers real quick. They were wrong on every name. Did you notice that? I know. All day long. I know. Yeah. Well, they didn't do their homework. And honestly, Joel Clatton and Gus are really good for Fox. I mean, I enjoy listening to those two. But, yeah, they, 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 they had some issues in this game. But, you know, I just – I really feel like if our offense even took 
more care of some of the opportunities that we had, we could have actually completely blown out Penn State in this game. This could have been like a 30 to 6 style of game. I mean, and it then could have been, I think, but I mean, also I think if, if we don't get a holding call on a strip sack, it could have been the other way around. Yeah, but see, I mean, that that that's how razor thin it can be against these tough teams uh, on whether or not you can pull away and make it an easier game for yourself or whether it's a grind fest. And that's why I'm always worried about Penn State is because even though, you know, I think anyone watching that game clearly saw Ohio State was the better team on both sides of the ball. Yet we win by eight points. So what does that continue to tell you? That it doesn't matter. This game, it's almost like we coach it to be a closer game. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, you just go free for all, but you're coaching so carefully to make sure that you don't give up anything, that you're also not taking any, you know, chances. And I'm not talking about the fourth down and two, but I'm just saying it over the entire span of a game, it's almost like you coach it to keep it close. You know oh, what I, I mean? Know. Is that if they would have said Maserati Marv one more time, I would have jammed a number two pencil into my retina. Oh, can I tell you something funny I heard too? And this, I can't claim this. I was listening to obviously uh, a different podcast, but they were talking about the Maserati Marv, and then someone came, someone apparently commented and said, "Well, then you got Kyle Honda McCord." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Jesus man, I kind of like that. That's that's dad jokeish, and I I appreciate that. Yeah. So I don't know, man, like at the end of the day, I'm not seeing enough growth out of this offense to give me enough confidence that I trust that we can really have a realistic chance to have the ultimate goal this season. Do I think we can beat Michigan with where we're at right now? I still don't think so. I think we could still make it a good game, but this offense has to take a step up. Do I think they're far off from it? No. Um, I think the offensive line looked better. I think our offensive line actually does really good in pass pro. Dude, they played great, actually. I, I, I have no qualms about them. I thought they yeah, played pretty well. They're still making some mistakes in the running game, but the pass pro has looked really good. Um, Comacord, it just he's got to find a way to be a little more accurate. I mean, again, we're not asking him to be C.J. Stroud. And you see Comacord, like one out of every four throws, looks like a C.J. Stroud st- you know, type of throw, but the other three are very lazy and one of them's usually really bad. So he's got to clean that up a little. Um, we've got to get the running game going better. I mean, we only rushed for 1.9 yards per carry, you know, even though we thought it looked better. And I know Mayan had a much better day uh, now that he got out there, but the, the running game is still struggling. That is not where it needs to be. So, I think that, you know, we're I don't think we're really close, but I think if we can continue to try to clean some more things up over the next three to four weeks, we can possibly be, be playing some championship level football by the time we go to Ann Arbor. Well, I think they got to get the running game figured out because it has been we can't get into any kind of rhythm. Every week, it's somebody else. Every week, it's somebody else. You don't know who it's going to be. It's, you know what I mean? It's Trey. And then he's got, and now it's Chip. Okay. And now Chip, you know what I mean? And then it's Dallin Hayden. And then all of a sudden here comes, you know, Mayans back and he's getting the bulk of the carries. And then you remember Chip missed that block in this game. And then all of a sudden he was out for two hours. He sat for two hours and then they brought him back in. Like what, what you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand. I don't know how these guys can ever get in a rhythm because none of them know each from game to game who's actually playing. Yeah. And that's 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 a hard thing for Tony Alford to juggle. 
when you have that many, uh, you know, running backs that are all potentially starters, like, how do you juggle it up? I mean, I know I remember him saying that a lot of times, you know, they have a plan to start the game and then they ride the hot hand. But you're right. Like, it's so hard to try to get into a rhythm of a game. And especially since these each running back runs differently. So therefore, you almost have to play call your running schemes a little differently. I know they all kind of they, they understand the entire playbook, but there might be one certain running scheme that benefits one running back over the other. And one running back might be better in the passing game and pass protection than the other. And when you're constantly yeah. switching it up in there, it makes it maybe a little bit harder to play call certain things in certain areas of the field that you'd rather be calling. But because of who you have back there, you might be limited. So I don't know if that's kind of a mixture in this as well. But I think there's it's not just one thing that's wrong with this running game and the offense as a whole. It's a bunch of little things. It's even blocking. Like Cade Stover whiffed on a block that I that I saw clear as day. You know, that they need to clean up more things. And I still think they have a long way to go. Now, I really honestly believe that if Kyle McCord just improves a little, all the pieces are there that this could be a top 25 offense. And that's all we need it to really be this year with the defense we have. But – from what I'm seeing so far on the field, if we don't make any more improvements, I think our ceiling is going to be a one-loss, non-Big non -big Ten championship team. I mean, and that's kind of where I'm at. I can't really disagree with that. I mean, I kind of feel that, too. This offense has got to get it in gear, man. And we've got to be able to do the simple things. I'm sorry, and maybe if, I, if I'm expecting too much, please let me know. Kyle McCord should be solid in the 20-yard window. All around him in a 360 degree radius, he should be able to complete a 20 yard pass. Anything after that, I, I give you some leniency on. OK, that's fine. But we should be solid. And he's not solid. He's not solid on crossing patterns. He's not solid. On, he's not solid on anything. And that's what I'm saying. He makes good throws, but he's not solid. And that, you know, every time he winds back to throw the ball, dude, I kind of hold my breath a minute before I see where it goes. And dude, that has to get cleaned up. It has and, to. And his ball security is not good either. I'd say half the times he's sacked, I feel like he's coughing the ball up. And that's true. I, I do feel like he has a little bit of a tendency to kind of hold on just a hair too long. Or when he realizes he has to make a move, not exactly making the right move or hesitating on what he needs to do. And or not protecting up. not protecting the ball. I mean, that's I mean, he's done it three, four games now. And not talking about the picks, just, you know, fumbling the ball. Even though one got called back, I mean He's put it on the deck in three, at least three different games. That's true. Well, hey, so, before we wrap this up, let's talk about our sponsors since you guys hosed me last episode and didn't. Um, www.additionalflavors.com. Um, our good friend Craig, who provided us with all the spices for the live show. Um, like I said, go check out their website. Uh, we had all this stuff. If you had to make, if you did make it to the live show and you were able to check it out, um, leave us a message. Let us know what you tried. Let us know how it went. Also check out his uh, website. Now we are on the front page of it, um, and it says we are the official Ohio State podcast of AditionalFlavors.com. So whenever you get a chance, check them out. Uh, let us know what you think, www.AditionalFlavors.com. Yeah, and I also have a link to their website on our website, uh, DTIPodcast.com, and a little write-up about them as well. But, yeah, I apologize. I mean, we, you know, we were trying to fill in last minute and just kind of slipped my mind. So Don't I apologize. Say, say it to the baby. I, I did. <laughs> I did. I'm, I'm sorry, baby. Dude, this look at the 
look at me, look at the baby, look at the baby. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one interesting thing did happen, though. It's the second consecutive week that you got swept in prop bets. I'm sorry, I lost connection. All right, so I'll say it again. I have no problem saying it again. Second consecutive week, Chad got swept in prop bets. So yeah. it went from I really thought I was going to get blown out of the water in like the last half of the season wasn't going to matter to somehow I'm up by one now. <laughs> so I'll tell you why, dude, because I got to stop believing in this Ohio State team. And this I've been I've been betting hard on the defense and the unders. I've been and, t- and you know what's going to happen next week? Now I'm so scorned from it that I'm going to bet so conservative that I'll probably lose because Common Core probably will break out, throw for 425 yards and four touchdowns, and then I'll be want to jump off my roof. And I might take the overs next <laughs> this weekend, <laughs> just if that's the way you feel, just <laughs> so that way when they do hit, I win them. Dude, I feel like. I feel like Randy Quaid, you know what I mean? Major League, like, they're really coming out of his shell. Like, Serrano's starting to come around. There's the- <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's not. And then, and then you turn quickly into the upside-down hat. He's like, ah, they'll blow it in the playoffs. Yep, exactly. Oh, man. All right, man. Well, if you got nothing else, dude. Now, nah, we just up. got, yeah, just be on the lookout for our next episode. Uh, we will be doing our Wisconsin preview. That will be a night game on the road in camp randall which is always a really good environment um so we it's i guess you can call it definitely an important game i mean it's they gonna be cheese there they and they got luke fickle they do but most importantly they have cheese there and they have luke fickle yeah so <laughs> but yeah be on the lookout for that episode um glad to have you back chad uh hopefully you know if anything kind of I guess happens uh, between now and then, you know, we'll address it then, but hopefully everything still goes according to plan on your end. Um, but I got nothing else to say, man, it's been a blast. Uh, you know, and I just find it funny how I'd say over 50% of this episode, we were complaining yet. We just beat our second top 10 team. You know what I mean? And we're unbeaten. Like, we're so spoiled as Ohio State fans that we can actually bitch and complain about an unbeaten season through the first half with two top ten wins. Listen, dude, you take know. it easy, all right? The the Bills suck this year, and the Yankees suck this year. This is all I have, okay? Don't take this from me. I'm not. I'm saying, <laughs> listen, you know, I just think it's funny. Because I'm right there with you. I'm doing the same complaining that you are, like – hundreds of thousands of other Ohio State fans are doing. But yet we are sitting here as a top five team, potentially top two, with two top ten wins unbeaten. Everything's still right in front of us like we want it to be. And to be perfectly honest with you, after seeing those first couple weeks, how good were you feeling about Notre Dame? How good were you feeling about Penn State? Dude, I haven't felt good all season. Well, now how are you feeling now? I still don't feel good. Because we have Michigan, and I'm thinking about that now. And, you know, I can't but, I don't want to look ahead because we still got – But you know what? This team could could have been 5-2 and two at this point. I mean, point. they definitely could have been. And the sky could have been falling. We could have been calling for heads. Instead, we are unbeaten, and everything's still in front of us. So, you know, I don't want to get stuck too much in this season. And I ask everyone else that's an Ohio State fan, too – don't get so stuck in the negativity of everything. We've got to find a way to enjoy this season, too, because, I mean, we're already seven games in. We only have five regular season games left. 
I mean, we're over halfway through the regular season. Like, it goes through in a flash, dude. Try to find a way to enjoy this team. Because next thing you know, you know, click of the fingers, the season's going to be done. And you don't want to be spending the entire year bitching and complaining about something that yeah, may too. not even matter in the long run. Well, I guess they would give us nothing else to talk about, so we oh, have to say, complain about something. I've been bitching since freaking 95. That's I mean. true. Yeah, what else is new? <laughs> since you learned how to public speak it's in speech class. <laughs> since I learned what bitching was, I have been doing it. <laughs> well, you learned it at an early age at, at, at your household. That's true. I, you saw i guarantee you saw that early on yeah i did that's true all right guys so as always you can catch all of our episodes on all major streaming services um also you can catch everything on our website that's dtipodcast.com we also have a facebook page if you haven't gone over check us out give us a like uh give us a listen uh, we also do some interactive stuff there and we also have a twitter page as well um just be on the lookout for our next episode guys wisconsin preview coming up later this week until then go bucks oh wait